Before we jump into this week's episode, let me tell you about one of the sponsors for the Reach Australia National Conference. KidsWise is pleased to announce the launch of the KidsWise Academy, an easy-to-access online training platform. The KidsWise Academy offers training that equips people to build an effective children's ministry. It also has team leader training for anyone leading a team of volunteers in any area of ministry. You can choose to access individual training to fit around your lifestyle. Alternatively, select the group training option and gather a group in your local church to think through one of the growing number of training modules available. For more information on KidsWise Academy, go to kidswiseacademy.com.au. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. guys, Madeline here and welcome to The One Thing. This week's a bit different. We're aware that a lot of listeners will be taking a break post-Easter and so to line up with that, we thought we'd offer you some holiday book recommendations from pastors in our network. We've got Adam Chung from Melbourne, Mikey Lynch from Tasmania and Gary Eastman who was working in Armidale but has just joined the Reach Australia team to support church planners. So let me throw to our first book recommendation from Adam Chung who is a church planner of Cross and Crown in Melbourne. There are many books which talk about the importance of preaching the Bible. And there are just as many, if not more, books which teach us how to preach parts of the Bible. But there are very few books, that I can find at least, that talk about the importance of preaching the whole Bible. That is, how do we not just preach a single passage of the Scriptures? How do we ensure, how do we plan to preach the entire Word of God? I really want to commend this book. It's called The Whole Counsel of God. Why and How to Preach the Entire Bible. And it's co-authored by Tim Patrick, the principal of the Bible College of South Australia, uh, and Andrew Reid, the pastor for equipping at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. And between Tim and Andrew, they have decades of preaching experience. Uh, Actually, they've got decades of experience in training preachers as well. And they've identified a problem. A problem that's subtle but serious, one that is actually in many of our tribes that prioritise and value the preaching of the scriptures. You see, it is possible, they've pointed out, to value expository preaching but undermine expository preaching by only preaching those parts of the Bible that we like. So, for example, uh, we preach a very faithful sermon series on Daniel 1 to 6 or Mark 1 to 8 or the seven churches of Revelation. But, When was the last time we preached a series on all of Daniel? Or have we made sure that we've preached not just Mark 1 to 8, but Mark 1 to 16? Would we be so brave as to actually tackle all of Revelation? You see, it's driven by the fundamental conviction that God speaks to us in books of the Bible, in whole books of the Bible. And we can actually undermine God's word by preaching faithful sermons, but sermons only on select texts. And in the end, we deprive our churches of the whole counsel of God. I love this book. It's a really helpful book because not only does it tell us the why, it actually tells us really practically the how. Uh, Tim and Andrew will actually break down books of the Bible into their proportionate and appropriate units. And then they'll show us how we might actually plan to preach the whole Bible. If we're going to preach all of Daniel, what's the most helpful way in which we might do that? depending on our ministry context, our congregation, and our preaching calendar. They'll get stuck into the preaching calendar and actually help us think about how many weeks should we preach before taking a break? 
Uh, who should preach which parts of the book? And all those other questions that go with planning a preaching calendar. So if you've got a preaching team or you're the primary preaching pastor of your church, this is a really helpful book to make sure that we're not just serving up faithfully bits of the scriptures, but we're actually serving up the whole counsel of God. Okay, so that was Adam. Now let's throw to Mikey Lynch, who works as the campus director of the University Fellowship of Christians at the University of Tasmania in Hobart. He's also the chair of the Vision 100 Network and a founding director of Geneva Push. Here's an Australian um, Christian history book recommendation for you. It's by the um, director for the CMS in Victoria, uh, Wei Han Kwan, and the book's called Foundations of Anglican Evangelicalism in Victoria, Four Elements for Continuity. And he looks at basically the second half of the 19th century into the first half of the 20th century, and particularly the role that um, evangelical Anglicans played in the Diocese of Melbourne and then the other dioceses in Victoria. And look, history is always interesting because there's stuff that's heaps different, and that forces you to think about your own days in a different way. Um, there's stuff that's the same, and so you just get encouraged and inspired. And then there's stuff that you see has evolved, you know, and you look back to the origins of things that you benefit from today, like campus ministry or Ridley College or the, you know, the, the churches um, all around you. So it's a good read just to get that history. Um, but also in, in the introduction and the conclusion, uh, Kwan reflects on how um, uh, the different things that play a part in a healthy diocese or a healthy kind of Christian, uh, you know, Christian movement in a, um, in a city or a town or whatever. And he, he highlights four things at least. There's, um, there's supportive evangelical leadership in the denomination, in this case a supportive evangelical bishop. Uh, there's an independent and confessionally evangelical theological college. Um, there's a really active local church ministry. And then there's the supporting and uh, specific work of various evangelical societies, whether overseas mission societies or local mission societies and charity societies. Those four things, they're his four elements of continuity. And he helps us think through how there's this important interaction between getting on with the work on the ground and building the structures and the institutions um, that sustain the work in the midterm and, um, and how each of those different things play an important part in that, you know, and, and it can be unhealthy uh, if you don't have uh, also strong denominational structures and people committed to local church ministry alongside then uh, things like um, campus ministry or overseas ministry or whatever else. So check that out, Foundations of Anglican Evangelicalism in Victoria. There's lots of cool stories along the way, including a pretty radical approach by um, uh, the laity in the establishing of St Hilary's in Kew. That's quite a fun story to um, come across along the way. Cheers. Okay, and finally, we have Gary Eastman, who was a senior minister at St Mark's UNE Church in Armidale, but now works with Geneva Push, the planting arm of Reach Australia. A book I've repeatedly found helpful over the years is a book by Don Carson called A Call to Spiritual Reformation. A few things that stand out. Uh, for me, it's really challenging in its honesty. On page 17, as he traces out the problem of our relative prayerlessness, um, he writes this. 
I do not write these things to manipulate you or to be engendering guilty feelings. But what shall we do? Have not many of us tried at one point or another to improve our praying and floundered so badly that we are more discouraged than we ever were? Do you not sense with me the severity of the problem? Granted that most of us know some individuals who are remarkable prayer warriors, is it not nevertheless true that by and large we are better at organising than agonising, better at administering than interceding, better at fellowship than fasting, better at entertainment than worship, better at theological articulation than spiritual adoration, better, God help us, at preaching than praying? What is wrong? Is not this sad state of affairs some sort of index of our knowledge of God? Shall we not agree with J.I. Packer when he writes, I believe that prayer is the measure of the man spiritually in a way that nothing else is, so that how we pray is as important a question as we can ever face. Now, he doesn't go on to say that administering, organising, fellowship, certainly not preaching, are bad things, very far from it. Uh, but if prayer is not a priority, then we have a huge problem. Now that's an honest challenge and I find one that's cutting and deeply resonant with me. Uh, he goes on in chapter one to be really helpful practically. He calls it lessons from the school of prayer. Um, just older Christians who he's found to be sources of wisdom and great models of prayer. And just a series of really helpful practical tips. Someone like me, I will tend to go for the practical tips before scripture. Um, that's really unhelpful, so I think he puts them up front to get them out of the way. But then the rest of the book, from chapter 2, it's challenging, it's comforting, it's inspiring, as he walks through several of Paul's prayers in typical Don Carson, clear, concise fashion. At the end of each chapter, there's questions for review and reflection. And at the end of the book, there's his own prayer addressed to the topic of the book. I really want to commend it to you for the upcoming break. Uh, it's one that, unlike other books on prayer, has remained on my shelf. I wonder if it might also be on your shelf and frequently offered as hopefully you wear it out. In terms of the toolbox, we'll put all the links to those books in the show notes. We'd love to see you at the REACH Australian National Conference 16th to the 19th of May. We're past 700 registrations now, so be sure to register so you don't miss out. I'm Madeline Galea. Chat soon.